0: From the island of Isla Nublar, it's the IGN Digigators. Please welcome two film critics, 65 Million Years in the Making, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Oh, Corey, uh, whose whose pronunciation did you mutilate? That old dinosaur was brought to you by Carl Noras. There we go. Thank you, Corey. Eastland New Bo- I'm Not even going to go there. All right, Mark. Um, yes, sir. What happened? What did I do? I'm nothing. Gonna nothing. Um, As
1: usual, I did nothing. Is that I what you're know.
0: saying? Absolutely. Uh, Women's World Cup's going on. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm not watching a lot of movies. That's why we got a lot of TV this week.
1: TV. Because Gops TV.
0: Because I can throw this stuff on in the background between games. That's why.
1: Well, so what should we talk about? Which? Which? Which long forgotten? You know what show should we talk about first?
0: The Wire. The Wire. The Wire, complete series on Blu-ray. We're just jumping right in this week.
1: Why There's not? No, no news, no it.
0: nothing else. We've got, we got a lot of stuff to cover. We're just going to jump right in. <laughs>
1: okay. Ah, it's it's refreshing. Good. It's good tap water. <laughs> I put ice you, in you it. Can,
0: you can taste the You can taste the street. You can um, taste the Dickens. The complete HBO original series, The Wire. Many people consider this the greatest piece of television ever. I don't think I'd go that far. Uh, but it's awfully damn good. And uh, it is particularly interesting because you remember, you know what city this took place in, Mark?
1: Oh, it took place in uh, Baltimore.
0: It did indeed. And uh, when The Wire, you know, if, if, if you watch this and just based on what has happened in Baltimore in, you know, uh, this year. You, you just kind of go, wow, this show is prophetic. If the if people had watched the show more, maybe Baltimore wouldn't be in the condition it's in. Uh, it's kind of a cautionary prophetic tale. It really is. Uh, corruption and all the problems and the racial issues and everything that everybody's been talking about in Baltimore – Honestly, it was all completely already prefigured in The Wire. The Wire is a great show. Again, I don't know that I would go so far as to say it's the best piece of television ever, but 20 discs on Blu-ray, beautifully transferred Blu-ray uh, with fantastic DTS audio, really, and ultraviolet, by the way. So you can throw this on your phone, on your iPad. You can you know, bring it along to your, your, uh, your deposition, and you can show them pieces. You can bring The Wire with you everywhere, all the time, anywhere. And uh, On the Plane, if you want to do that, it's kind of depressing, but it's a pretty great show. Really, really good. 22 audio commentaries featuring cast and crew. Uh, three prequels on it, uh, looking at things leading into the narrative of The Wire. And then uh, they ha- you know, the Paley Center does a lot of really interesting stuff uh, with respect to media and you know, uh, panels and discussions about media and, and all of this. Uh, the Paley Center did a thing. Uh, we ta- I think we mentioned one. There's one on the WKRP uh, set where they brought everybody back together again from WKRP. Wonderful, wonderful uh, little reminiscing, reminiscing there. They also did a Wire reunion, and that's uh, not quite so, I mean, it's you know a happy event, but obviously it's a more serious and sobering show, so that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, all 60 episodes you know, on 20 discs, fantastic. So about a third of the episodes actually have audio commentaries. Um, just can't say enough. It's really, it's really, really good. If you haven't seen The Wire, you need to see The Wire, because The Wire is kind of... Sort of life changing, especially now.
1: That is true. Now, on the other end of the uh, spectrum, we have The Odd Couple. The Odd Couple is finally out on uh, DVD. This is the complete series. We're talking, ladies and gentlemen, one hundred and fourteen episodes of the show that starred uh, uh, Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. They're
0: doing a new one, aren't they?
1: Based on the movie, based on the play. They're
0: doing. They're doing a, like a third incarnation. They are, of the Odd but
1: it, it just seems like they just took the name. You know, like it, it doesn't have that inspiration to it. it just feels Isn't like. not there like a uh,
0: twist to the new one? Like, like like one of them's gay or something. I don't know. There's some. There's some angle because they did. You know, they did this previously. There was a, there was a second odd couple in the '80s. They did another odd couple where they were black. Well, it's got. Do you remember Matthew, that one it, well, with, with Demont yes. Wilson? Right after lame. he did uh, Sanford and Son, they, they, did, they did like a black odd couple, which lame. I don't know why that would make it
1: fresh lame. lame. But it does start Matthew Perry as uh, as Oscar.
0: Oh, this new one? Yes. Yeah.
1: So, there you hey. go. It's going to be bad. Whatever. It's on CBS. Anyway, or it is on CBS. Anyway, anyway so uh, Odd Couple, but that Odd Couple ran in the uh, 70s, from 1970 to 1975. It was based on the movie, which is based on the Broadway play. Very, very funny stuff. Of course, it has that famous iconic theme song written by Neil Hefty, who also wrote the theme to Batman. Doodle, 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 doodle. Uh, Anyway, CBS didn't totally shank this. They did wind up with a couple special features, including an audio-audio intro by Gary Marshall, who looks very old now. Unfortunately, he's very sad. And audio commentaries on select uh, episodes. There is a gag reel. There's a couple more things, too. So um, CBS definitely uh, made this the last word on The Odd Couple, although a Blu-ray release would have been better. Just putting it out there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you love The Odd Couple or if your parents love The Odd Couple, which is more like it, uh, you can go for that. Now, we also have... This is a big one, boy. I'm surprised this isn't uh, like a holiday season release. Uh, The complete series of Laverne and Shirley. Totally. This is 167 episodes. I think they're afraid of a
0: glut at at, at holiday time because there are already an enormous amount of uh, complete season box sets that are scheduled for uh, the holiday season. And a lot of them are Blu-rays. So the stuff that's coming down the the pipeline uh, for the holidays is pretty intimidating. So I think they were like, well, we're not going to do Laverne and Shirley on Blu-ray yet. So... Let's do, a, let's do a complete thing and see if we can't get a little summer heat on it.
1: Now, um, this one uh, was produced by Gary Marshall, just like The Odd Couple. Yep. Schleil- Gary Marshall was. Ha- Pfeffer mm-hmm. Incorporated. Anyway, Laverne Vernon Shirley was one of the many, many spin offs. Happy Days.
0: Oh, the, more more spin offs surrounding Happy Days. I mean, actually, the, the correct question is what television series produced the most spin offs? Uh, you know, it's, it's where it's, it's, it's lineage just spawned and it's actually Love American style because Happy Days is a off from Love American That's style right. as is Wait Till Your Father Gets but Home. But then again,
1: you could also say and that – And then from
0: Happy Days and then, then everything that Happy Days spawned, it just adds to it.
1: But Love American style is a weird way, a bit of a spin off of Divorce Italian style.
0: Kind of, sort of, yeah. Right, yeah, sort of, uh, and yeah, then of course you know, All in the Family had a million spinoffs as well. Yes, it
1: did. Anyway, I love The and Shirley. This is, of course, is on uh, DVD. Very nice looking box set. Uh, eight seasons. Love it. Oh man, one hundred seventy-eight episodes can't tell you special features they're not amazing but they're totally worth it there's obviously they're still both around penny marshall and cindy williams and uh there you go
0: i just used to laugh my head off at lenny and squiggy every week I that's know. why i watched the show i didn't watch for for laverne and shirley I, I i watched it basically just to watch lenny and squiggy make an entrance and go hello
1: no, uh, you watch david, david it. lander
0: man it was the best
1: you watch it for frank defazio uh, laverne's uh, father who ran the pizza place it's and best. oh, and Carmine, remember Carmine? <laughs> Carmine, who's the uh, the, the what? The
0: Carmine. The reason the reason I'm laughing. See, this tells you it's a good show. I, I, the, the Carmine made me laugh for two reasons. Because he would always bust out into, I went from rags to riches. Remember how he'd always like bust sure. out into singing that? That was like the only thing he'd ever... And then there was an episode where I think it was Laverne's dad. He was trying to impress her about the great, ly- <laughs> the great lyrics in this new song. He, My Baby Does the Hanky Panky, which is anyone who knows that song. Those are the only lyrics in the whole song. My Baby Does the Hanky Panky over and over. And he starts singing it. And I just, I was next to tears watching that. I just, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Because you're an idiot. I am. It's what I do. I'm, I do idiocy. All right, uh, the Andy Griffith Show—the complete series on individual repackaged volumes. This is a very strange thing. Here's the deal: the original—I uh, I don't know what Paramount is thinking. I really don't. I'm trying to sort of figure out what their vibe is on this. They don't seem, they, they, they seem to want to know that it, they can monetize the Andy Griffith Show, but they don't seem to know how to monetize it. Uh, they originally released all of the whole series in slimline cases, and in box sets with, you know, uh, sleeves. And now they're releasing them all over again in flashy new designs where it looks like a postage stamp on the cover of each one. See how the season is like the it's, postage? It's, 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 it's like Americana or something. They do this monochromatic thing of the various characters. You know, we got Floyd and Aunt B, and Andy and... And Barney and blah 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 blah. You know, there's there's Obi, And You were there and you and were there. There's there's Gomer and there's Andy again. And anyway, uh, and uh, and Goober, you know, who's Gomer's cousin. But but here's the here's the thing I got about this. Um, the they didn't need to do this. This is eight seasons all in, all, all told. They didn't have to do this. Uh, they uh, these are slimmer cases. Obviously, they're all you know. It's more uniform and everything is now easily compacted onto the shelf. But the problem is, they were starting to release these on Blu-ray, and uh, they only got as far as the first season. And now uh, it's sort of like, well, what are you doing to me now? Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't understand this. I just don't get it. Uh, so we got the first, you know, and that was in that was last year. That was May of last year. Exactly a year ago that we got the first season out on Blu-ray. Couldn't you do us the favor of releasing? The other remaining seven seasons on Blu-ray and first maybe, before you do a repackage thing.
1: Maybe the first one didn't sell. It's strange. For maybe the first one
0: didn't well, sell. Well, that's, that's been the problem with I Love Lucy. That's, they, they were, they were going to do I Love Lucy all on Blu-ray as well, and that didn't sell either. It's like just do it. Don't release them in individual seasons. Release the whole thing. They don't do this correctly. Once people have purchased, this is I mean, here. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to segue. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm segwaying here, Mark, because this brings us to this next one. Um, Jerry Anderson collection, ongoing stuff, new releases all from Timeless. We've been waiting for this. The Thunderbirds, the complete series on Blu-ray. Nice slim set here, right? Isn't that beautiful? Thunderbirds on Blu-ray.
1: Much better way to... Uh, release a bravo, series
0: bravo timeless i love this show i grew up on this used to watch it every morning before i'd go to school it was fantastic international rescue five four three two one go rockets rescuing kids they'd send like a fleet of rocket ships to rescue a little boy who's like uh, lost in a burning apartment complex it's uh, you know or he's like or he can't find his dog and he's wandering around in a, in a you know a, a, a parking lot send like you know Eighteen rocket ships to orbit the Earth to save the little boy. It's fantastic. I loved it. Made no sense, but it was great. Anyway, this is the, this is the ultimate in, in Jerry Anderson's Super Marionation. But here's my point. Uh, it's the whole series. Now, granted, it's not a, a hugely long series. And even when they released it on uh, DVD, it was the complete series. But if you're going to release shows on Blu-ray, release the complete series. Don't ask people who have suffered through year after year after year of buying season one, season two, season three, or, God forbid, worse yet, season one, part one, season one, part two, season two, part one. Once you've done that round on DVD, you have television fatigue. You have shelf space evaporating. When the thing comes out on Blu-ray, you don't want to start to go through season by season by season all over again. If Paramount were smart, they'd release... I Love Lucy, the complete series on Blu ray. The Andy Griffith Show, the complete series on Blu ray. That's Once you get to Blu ray, people want the whole series. They don't want to go season by season again. Been there, done that. I'm done ranting.
1: I agree. The Rant Monkey is complete.
0: Rant Monkey's complete. So uh, ways
1: Park and Recreation. It's a cult show. It's recently uh, ended its run. It was never a huge hit,
0: huh? Patton Oswald. Killed it when he did his whole Star Wars. Oh, his Star Wars uh, his Star thing, Star Wars, Marvel, yes. Rant, crossover, brilliant, amazing. And the the, the, the highlight, un- highlight of the show,
1: and the the raw of that is on YouTube. You can I see know. the whole thing. It's fantastic. Anyway, uh, Parks and Recreation it uh, premiered in I think it was two thousand nine or something like that, and it, you know it lasted for about seven seasons and it was never a huge hit. Although it was a, it was a cult hit, critics loved it. Um, I like that. In the last two seasons, they brought back they brought in Rob Lowe and Adam Scott. They were they were good additions. So. You know, if you like this show, you got to get this. Again, it's not on Blu-ray, which really makes me angry. I mean, come on, folks. Just stop it. Just put it on Blu-ray. A lot of great um, celebrity guests over the years. You know, Louis C.K. was there. And Ad- uh, Andy Samberg was on it. It was a funny episode with um, Will Forte, who I'm usually not a huge fan of. I know no, I know, Wade loves him. Uh, John Ham. Actually, John Ham's was funny, too. So, anyway, um, there you go. Parks and Rec, full series. Got to get it if you love that show. And many people do. Also, we have uh, the complete third season, final season of The Newsroom. This is uh, Aaron Sorkin's uh, HBO show that uh, never, you know, I, I, this one, it, it this kinda, never really... It, it kind of re-
0: feels like they were trying to get their claws into something, but they could never compete with the real news. I know. That's yeah. what that's the problem that I kind of distilled this down to. It's like it would be a really compelling show if the real news weren't more sensational and more compelling.
1: I, I also That's true. I also don't know how... Interested, the public is in the moral and ethical inner workings of, 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 of a Keith it's, Olbermann type. It feels so inside baseball. It's,
0: yeah, it's not the same as the West Wing. They thought that this would be the West Wing for the, the people who would cover the, the rest People world. who cover the West Wing, but it's not the same. No, it really isn't it's not the same.
1: And again, look, I I lived in this world. I used to work for the man who inspired the character, Keith Olbermann. Um, so I get it. I just think that this thing was too inside baseball. It was too preachy. It's, it's, you know, again, Aaron Sorkin, he just takes his characters and puts opinions in their mouths and he, the guy's just merciless. He's an amazing writer and thank God he's around, but you know, he, he's not, uh, he's, he's not the lightest on his feet. Um, so this thing never really took off and now it's over.
0: Uh, you know, stars had an original series that, uh, only lasted, uh, six episodes. Uh, it was half hour And the mistake is I think that they tried To make this a comedy And it should have been a drama It's, it's called Survivor's Remorse um, uh, They it, it starts up again I mean it's it's not off the air I just I, I think it's I think it's gonna I, I don't know It doesn't It doesn't quite right It doesn't work quite right Uh work quite right. Jeez, there's a tongue twister. (laughs) You're stupid. Um, But anyway, there's a second season coming in August, and uh, if, uh, based on, you know, these first few episodes, I I don't know that I'm all that interested to see any more of it. Uh, It's basically about a kid who is a, um, uh, becomes a, you know, a professional basketball player, and it's suddenly the change in coming from a very, from very humble urban beginnings Uh, to bang here's you know money and women and blah 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 and the whole you know you're suddenly pushed into that thing that pro sports uh maelstrom and we all know about that we you know we see professional athletes talk about that we we hear it all the time uh so i don't know that that's i don't know that that's sort of pulling the covers off of something that isn't sort of common knowledge uh but the way it's played the the whole half hour format doesn't feel it feels like they kind of missed like they misdirected their focus a little bit so i don't know maybe they'll fix it maybe they'll set it up but anyway survivors remorse uh two and a half man the 12th and, uh, the complete 12th and final season of course without charlie they went and uh, kind of shoved ashton kutcher into this thing and it's weird seeing him in a sitcom again cuz you kind of figured once he had moved out of uh the uh, '70s show that it was all over, and he was a feature guy, and now he's like back to TV. I don't know. Uh, it's, it doesn't really. It just it misses Charlie. I got to tell you that whole that old blow up and then losing him uh, doesn't it 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 doesn't doesn't really work. So anyway, this show goes out with a whimper, not a bang. And then also here we've got uh, season one of a thing called Country Bucks, uh, which is an A and E reality show, and. I have to tell you I'm really tired Of the reality shows About like Here's a bunch of guys Who are just like Hardcore Redneck Truck driving It's like Every single one Of those reality shows That deals with You know Some kind of Hardcore Midwestern Or middle American Country Conservative Country music Listening Christian guy It's like Duck Dynasty Just started a whole Subgenre And I They're not as interesting Uh, Country bucks doesn't really work. It's you know these are just about guys who own a great big giant ranch and some hunting gear, and they're not the next Doug Dynasty. Hate to tell you. You
1: know what? Between uh, be, be, between them and the Duggars, wait about five years, and all these guys on this uh, show will, will turn out to be gay. And,
0: and Honey Boo Boo, my goodness, she's that mom now. Didn't didn't she say she was bisexual? Yeah, which made me think, what? Awesome. You're even like, you're even sexual because <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think that she. I mean, I realized she had a daughter, but it never dawned on me that she actually needed another entity to produce that daughter. I thought there was some kind of asexual reproduction nope, thing going on. No, she
1: had to have sexual relations with a
0: man. I'm kind of grossed out all of a sudden. Yeah, as well you should be. It's icky, gross, nasty. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? yeah uh, have Gunslinger
1: Season 1.
0: Yeah, go with that. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know the gunslingers. What I like about the show, because as uh, listeners know, I did have—it's uh, been a while—but I did have my little um, my, my little tryst with the Wild West. I read a lot about White Earp and a lot about the uh, like Arizona and the, the uh, Arizona territories and like the eighteen sixties and seventies sure. and eighties. I did like that stuff. So I like the fact that there's a certain amount of historical authenticity to Gunslingers uh, season one. Um, I like the fact that you learn about all the real people who were involved. The reenactments are good. The expert commentary is good. There's lots of little-known facts. So, you know, this is good. Disc one is uh, all about uh, Tombstone, Tombstone Vendetta, Jesse James, Billy the Kid. Disc two is all about uh, Wild Bill Hickok and John Wesley Harden and uh, Tom Horn. And so uh, I do like this show, actually. I have to say I don't know that anyone actually watched this show or cares about it or if there will even be a season two. But um, from the American Heroes channel, which is a channel I'd never heard of. Until I uh, checked out the disc. There's
0: so so many channels that just... Gunslingers. I I can't can't keep up with them.
1: Season one. I liked it.
0: All right. We're not going. Bonanza. Man, this show ran forever. This was... You know, there'll never be another show like Bonanza.
1: You know that. Thank God.
0: It will. There's
1: nothing wrong with that. Bonanza
0: was like number one. The number of people who would watch Bonanza on a Sunday night back in 66 or 7 or whatever it was, it, it was phenomenal. That you will never again, given the way that television and the audience is fragmented, you will never again capture that many millions of people, that many millions of pairs of eyes, or that percentage of the population on a single night ever again to all simultaneously watch the same dramatic television show. It will never happen again.
1: Which is fine as long as that show is not Bonanza. Because that yeah. show, I, I never got into Bonanza. Never got into it. Really? Nope. He had all these sons from
0: different wives, and the wives all died. I I knew nothing about that. Wouldn't you think – now, that's the reason he never got married again on the show. He'd like you know, – there'd occasionally be a woman, but they'd look at him and they'd go, let me get this straight. These these kids are all half brothers. Each different moms, and each one of them died. You, my friend, are like a curse.
1: Me, personally? This is
0: the – no, the Lauren Green. Got it. Ben Cartwright. Okay. The official eighth season in a value pack. They are figuring this out now, where you get uh, both halves of the eighth season all together in beautifully uh, restored, pristine uh, video. And uh, these things are really ripe, I think, for Blu-ray. They they still haven't gotten around to. I mean, this ran for. I mean, we're not even we're not even halfway through this show's run now. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the show ran forever, and uh, this is the eighth season. They're slowly trucking their way through, and eventually they'll get around to doing them on Blu-ray, and I only hope, as per my earlier rant, that they do the complete bonanza on Blu-ray, even if the thing costs like $400. Just get the complete thing out there. Uh, but they do a lovely job of it, and there are the cartwrights, Haas and little Joe and all the rest of them.
1: Uh, Wade, Rizzoli Isles is one of those just horrible TNT shows that, uh, you, know, you know, like USA has its thing, you know, burn notice and and they're all sun bleached. Yeah, they got their style. Their style. Isles is one of those horrible shows. that's just like it's just terrible. The complete fifth season is now on uh, DVD, and of course it uh, stars uh, the other the Jane, uh, whatever her name is, the other girl, uh, Angie Harmon and yeah, uh, Sasha I like Alexander. Angie huh? I like Angie Harmon. Yeah, she's beautiful. Anyway, 18 episodes here, just, you know, she's the detective, and uh, she's the medical examiner, and they crack uh, crimes. It's based on a series of novels, which I guess people read, at least enough to justify a TV show. I just think this thing is silly. It's just totally generic. All that stuff's generic. You know it's, what's it's, generic, too, is Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> Pretty Little Liars from ABC Family. This is one of those shows where, like, it's just a bunch of, like, hot 20-something brunettes, you know, walking around uh, their little hometown. And, uh, you know, the, and in this season, which uh, the fifth season, which, of course, I didn't watch all of because I ain't watching the show for you guys. I'm sorry. I make a lot of sacrifices for this show, but that does not include the fifth season of Pretty Little Liars. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, there's a new corpse in town, and where'd that come from? And uh, it's uh, Allison has a lot to do with this episode. She's one of the hotter ones in the on, in the cast. And uh, there you go. So it's a lot of special features, which is nice. for featurettes, um, twenty five episodes. You know, if deleted scenes, if you like this crap, then go for it. Pretty, Pretty Little Liars season five.
0: All right, I uh, I'm gonna go through some really cool classic TV here, Mark. You are familiar with? The bold Ones. I am not. You're not, huh? You're not. I am not. All right. The bold ones: colon. The senator uh, was this television series that starred Hal Holbrook.
1: Hal Holbrook.
0: Hal Holbrook. Not
1: Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook.
0: Well, Hal Holbrook. Hallbrook, well, Hal Same thing. That's my. That's my. Uh, you know, Southern California accent. You got your mind. Anyway, uh, this is from 1970, and this thing was really short-lived. Uh, they only got about uh, ten episodes out of this thing, but um, it's it's you know what? What an amazing actor! He just all he's just one of those guys. He just always kills it. I always think about his his. He's the only thing in uh, the Star Chamber that just magnetized. I like that, that movie. movie. I did too. But he was the thing that just made it real. Right
1: way. I like Michael Douglas.
0: Yeah, he's good, but he's fine. But I but when like when Holbrook shows up, you, you just go wow. It just, it just suddenly... He has that you speech. Go. He has that speech, that vigilante speech, where he almost sells you. And you're like, you're right. I'm on board. Where do I get my gun? Wait a minute. What's wrong with me? You got your mind. Anyhow... Uh, really, really uh, interesting show. Uh, Essentially, he places. I mean, look, he's a senator, you know, just like in the title, and uh, he won an Emmy for this thing. And uh, it it probably is more insightful about the political system now than it was then. To be honest, uh, really, just it it, it does a really interesting job. It's a lot like the uh, in some respects like the Altman thing, the Altman show about Tanner 88. Tanner, thank you. Uh, it's got it's got similar kind of a vibe, but I really like it. There's a new interview with Hal Holbrook and a Dick Cavett show from 1971 and then an anti-drug PSA that he did. Those are the extras. But this is also from Timeless. Uh, great Get, a show that just totally evaporated and uh, despite winning an Emmy. But uh, it's nice to have it out again. We also have the uh, second season of Spencer for Hire with the late Robert Urich. This was a fun show. No extras on this. This is from Warner Brothers. Uh, fun cop show. There just aren't fun cop shows on anymore. You notice that? We've lost the whole detective thing. It went from the 50s straight on into the 80s, kind of started dying out of the 90s. We're done now. True detective doesn't count. That's like gritty and tough. We don't have any. There's no more Magnum P.I., Rockford Files, Spencer for Hire, Vegas... That whole detective Because they're, they're Br- cheesy now Beretta, they're, they're cheesy Hawaiian Eye Starskin and Hutch Starsky and... It's like where are my detective shows cheesy. I want my detective it's show like th-
1: It's those like for kids now
0: I want much. that back <laughs> I want that back I want my P.I. show That's what I want I want my P.I. show
1: Anyway then, wait, no, we, we,
0: also, well, we also have Facts of Life Season 6 oh, which yeah. I, uh, I you know I saw several episodes in, this, in the uh, studio audience of this You take the good I, Yep you take, take, the, the bad. take the bad. I, I did indeed. I sat in the studio audience for several episodes of this when I was in uh, somewhere. Um, not going not gonna to date myself too much more. But anyway. I try
1: to get into the studio audience of all the family ones.
0: Oh wow, that's really dating.
1: My my, well, I was too young. My my parents really wanted to see a taping. It was it, it was at uh, CBS Television the City.
0: Worst thing, they wouldn't
1: let me in. I was too young.
0: I, I'm gonna date myself. So when I was in high school, you know, we didn't have any money to go to see movies. But as soon as one of us could drive, we just pile into the car. We would drive literally. We we this is how the art. This is the art of doing this. Anyway, season season six, facts of life. It's getting a little thin, but it's still fun. And then heart to heart, the final season. God, i love this show i really did speaking of pi shows i love it's just they they're they're hot they're sexy they're married they're rich and they solve crimes yeah. it was great it was a great thing uh created by um uh, uh what's his name you know who sydney sheldon who i dream of genie created i dream of genie oh well. yeah so what i was saying was this is what we used no, to, no, 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 wait, to do wait, What? Well, this is what we used to do so when i was in high school we'd pile in the car you know a lot of the people that i would do this with you've met them Scary group of friends that I had back then, still do. So we'd pile into somebody's car, uh, like on a uh, you know on 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 a Saturday, right? And we'd uh, go all over Hollywood. We'd go to the ABC place where all the ABC shows were, and then we'd go to the CBS place and get the tickets there. And then we'd basically just load up on tickets for all that were of it because they, they, it was like a plane. They over they distribute it's free. They distribute as many tickets as they possibly can because they figure we want to pack the studio audience, and a lot of people won't show up. So they, there's no limit to how many you can get. They'll so four guys walk in. Five guys walk in. They'll give each of you, you know, four tickets. So we're good. We're, we're rocking. So uh, we just collect every sitcom, tickets for every sitcom that was taping anywhere in town for the next week or so. And uh, sometimes game shows. We even went to see Solid Gold or you know Family Feud. We didn't care. We we had the money to see movies, so we're going to go see something free. So we'll sit in any studio audience for any period of time as long as someone entertains us. Basically, that was that was the way it was. So we would do this um, pretty much all summer. Just non-stop as much as we could and the worst thing about it is that you're at the front of the line and you think you're going to get in and then they truck in like a bunch of old people from some rest home and then they fill up the studio audience and you think they're not going to laugh as hard as I am. Do you think these people appreciate Three's Company? You don't like Three's Company as much as I do. I am Jack Ritter. I know the Regal Beagle. I know Chrissy. These people relate to, to Mr. Furley or, you know, come on, stop. You need help. I know. All
1: right. Uh, Turbo is uh, was a DreamWorks animated film, which means that it's going to be incredibly average and not do that great. Yeah. But uh, from Turbo came Turbo Fast. Now Turbo Fast is it's a flash animated TV series. It premiered on Netflix. Pretty much, I think the first kid show to premiere on Netflix. Yeah right? It was yeah, a big deal at the time? Pretty much. Um, these were 11-minute episodes, almost like classic Warner Brothers cartoons from back in the day. So there's over nine hours of uh, animated uh, crap on this thing. You know, is this show good? Of course it's not good. It's 11 minutes long and, uh, you know, it's, it's not as clever as like a Pixar film or even some of the other DreamWorks films. But the voice acting is good because we all love Phil Lamar. He's awesome. He's on this too. And of course, uh, Ken Jeong, who we talked about last week, Guy from The Hangover, sure. always hilarious. He's in this. So, Turbo Fast, uh, season one, uh, not great, but still, if you uh, want to put the tykes to bed, show them this. They'll be asleep in five minutes. All right. And also, American Dad, season 10. Not a big fan of American Dad. In fact, I'm not a fan of American Dad at all. Um, every time I try to watch this thing, although, you know what, Wade, you'll like this. He's not in it this season, I don't think, but um, David Lynch is a voice on this show. Oh, good. David Lynch has been a voice.
0: Speaking of, we I'm haven't right talked right. about the fact that uh, Twin Peaks is on again, as I predicted, oh, on geez. the Facebook page. So that all sorted itself out. We're going to get twice as many episodes now.
1: Because they gave uh, David three times as much money?
0: They basically met all of his demands, apparently. Uh, I mean, how, how do you not? Nobody's
1: going. I mean, he had them over barrel. Of course he did. You know. Of
0: course he did. I mean, come on. Uh, Teen Wolf. can't believe this became a TV show. Uh, from MTV. They turned it into a TV show. This is season four. Really, nothing all that remarkable. A few special features here, uh, gag reel, and you know some featurette stuff. Thing on the, some visual effects. It's you know, it's it's kind of astonishing that this became a show much less lasted four seasons. But I guess it's uh, worth it for somebody. And then uh, Rectify, uh, which is on Sundance TV. In this is its second season. This thing's coming back for a third season. Uh, I'm was not even really aware that they had original dramatic programming on Sunda- uh, Sundance TV. So this kind of comes as a surprise to me. But, um, they, you know, they got an interesting style, interesting vibe. This is uh, from the people who produced Breaking Bad. And uh, it's obviously not as good as Breaking Bad, but they've got a more limited budget and uh, it's going in an interesting direction. I, uh, I'm i not familiar with season one, so I had to do a little bit of catching up. But uh, the idea, it's a pretty dark... It's a pretty dark concept. It's about a guy who was uh, previously sentenced to death. I won't tell you exactly why he was sentenced to death. Uh, but he's, he's freed through DNA evidence from this whole horrible thing that, uh, that w- had once happened to him. And uh, that is the – that's the sort of the through line of this thing. And um, – it's it's about you know it's it's about all these things of how you sort of secure your place in in the world again and all of the how it impacts your relationships and and on and on and on um, and of course obviously trying to unravel what really originally happened uh, in the incident that uh, nearly got him killed really interesting idea um, based on what I did not see in season one but can only infer. And based on what's happening in in Season 2, it appears that this thing has a future as long as Sundance TV stays behind it. Hopefully they will. Uh, Really interesting concept. And then uh, Justified. Can't believe this show finally ended. Uh, Complete final season. Feels like it just started. Uh, This really became a thing. Timothy Oliphant really uh, secured his place as a major actor. Look for him to start doing some stuff in features, unless he lands some other big series and just becomes another go-to television guy. But uh, the final season on Blu-ray and digital HD, that means ultraviolet, uh, pretty smart. Uh, Special features on here include Hollywood to Harlan and then some Blu-ray exclusives, deleted scenes, and uh, some featurettes, and a a thing with Adam Arkin on directing the show. Um, the, uh, the Emmy winning justified go figure I never would have tapped that sh- tapped that show for like a big Emmy winner
1: and there, there you have it that's our television that's yep.
0: our television um, Mark uh, I'm going to I'm going to give you a break for a moment we've got a bunch of stuff from Megahertz Mega Megahertz Hertz, Megahertz does all the uh, the really cool uh, foreign language television shows and you
1: uh, to talk about you're going to talk about foreign language television before you talk about that whole stack there
0: Real quickly, just to break it okay. up, just to let you breathe.
1: Got it. Oh, so it's for me.
0: This is for you. I'm giving you a little break right now, and then we will pile into our enormous bunch of classic movies because yeah. there's a lot of great classic movie stuff going on here. Uh, so let's uh, let me launch into this. Let me start with uh, start with these. Uh, Good Night Darling, part of the international mystery line from uh, from Megahertz. This is Megahertz Networks, by the way. All this stuff you can uh, find out more from by going to mhznetworks.com. They are just really, really sharp. This is a Norwegian series uh, based on a, uh, uh, a novel, Good Night Darling. I'm not familiar with the novelist. I'm not familiar with uh, any of it. Anyway, uh, it's actually uh, it's like a – I don't think it's like a series. It's not an ongoing thing. It's, uh, it's like a mini series. And uh, about three hours long, and uh, really cool kind of uh, you know blackmail mystery. Uh, feels very noirish. It's very smart, a little bit a little bit tweaked. Interesting characters. That's pretty sharp. Uh, the um, Salamander, also part of the international mystery line. Uh, Salamander is a Flemish show now Flemish is of course the Dutch. variant of Dutch that they speak in Belgium so uh, Belgium of course a divided country language and culture wise you have the Flemish i.e. Dutch-ish half and then you have the French speaking half so this is from the Flemish half of, uh, of Belgium and uh, very obviously narrow market for that but um, a Given how narrow that market is, it's a very, very smart, uh, very, very smart story. Um, Gets into all of the political machinations and the uh, it's really you know there's there's a whole banking political conspiracy kind of thing that uh, has to be unravelled. Pretty uh, pretty gritty, pretty smart, really well done. Good production values. Salamander. That's definitely worth checking out. Uh, We've previously talked about the bridge, otherwise known as Braun or Bron. Um this was uh, this is a uh, this is season two in this uh, very, very cool uh, Swedish television show. and uh, it deals with the uh, bridge that takes you across Sweden to Denmark. And uh, really a smart show. continues to be very, very smart in the series two. We've also got Set one of Buchau and Koenig. Koenig with the two dots over it. Uh, this is a German show. I'm not quite as keen on this as I am on a lot of other stuff that uh, that they do in the uh, in the various mystery lines from Megahertz. Uh, it's a you know it's a buddy cop thing. Um, it's fairly gritty, fairly smart, but somehow I, I never really quite get with the characters. Little I'm a little iffy on that one. Um, Chenk Batu, undercover agent, is um. It's another German show, and the, uh, the guy here is, the, is a detective who's of Turkish ancestry. Interesting if you're familiar with the certain cultural elements that this deals with. Uh, a lot of this is political. A lot of it is, is cultural. There's stuff that deals with, like episodes that deal with, obviously, the integration of Muslims in Germany. Feels a little bit inside baseball. Um, it's good, but if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the context, it's not necessarily going to work for you. The uh, Oh, and then uh, also, really quickly, the uh, ongoing adventures of uh, Don Matteo. They uh, now have this in set 9 and set 10. He is a priest detective. There's a long, proud history of priest detectives in uh, British television. And uh, Italian uh, television, obviously, is equally fond of uh, priests who solve crimes. Don Matteo, uh, Terence Hill, great actor. This thing's been going for 10 years now. Amazing. Uh, Sebastian Bergman. Dark Secrets This is a uh, Swedish language show And like most Swedish television It's pretty heavy And uh, it really is kind of carried by uh, Rolf Lasgard, Who uh, incarnated the first uh, performance of Wallander Wallander on television Before it became a British show Um, Really good actor And uh, interesting character here Sebastian Bergman um, he's a sharp kind of profiler detective guy, and then lastly, uh, easily my favorite favorite of the whole thing. Uh, this is based on the uh, on work by a Finnish author Mati Rönka, and it's called "Look of a Killer." And this is um, forget about forget about like uh, what's who was the murderer guy on TV?
1: Uh, Hannibal.
0: No, the other one.
1: Uh, 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 rich Eisen
0: no yeah but the the, the who is it uh, Brian Williams no, no. <laughs> Dexter thank you uh, forget about Dexter, not interesting now this isn't about a serial killer this is uh, this is about a guy who is uh, who's a, a former kgB agent, and if you want to get inside what actually makes a murderous mind work, look of a killer is amazing. Um, The psychology of this thing, the way it's written, the way it's directed, everything is just so interior and so subtle and so masterful. And it just, it puts you right inside the just worst parts of that whole Russian mafioso KGB organized underworld crime thing. Um, All the machinations of it. It's really, really an intense and very smart show. And um, obviously, you know, all, it, it all connects back to Finland. Um, and Finland is a really interesting place. I've, I've never been, but I'm dying to go. And the more I see movies and TV shows from Finland, the more I want to go. So, well, it's look, a land of
1: Finns. You know, when, if you go there, everybody has a fin.
0: Not funny. Not the least bit funny. But anyway, that's... Uh, so anyway, that's Look of a Killer. And uh, those are our Megahertz titles of the week. Um, all right, Mark. It's time to start plowing through as we close out the show. Uh, we're going to talk about classic movies.
1: Oh, we have John Wayne on Blu-ray. Wade, you know you got to love it. Love it. Well, here's the thing, Wade. The reason why this is important. There's a yes. reason why. Yes. Now, these, uh, this, of course, these aren't the best John Wayne movies, but it is, I believe, um, the first – this is the Blu-ray premiere of one of the great John Wayne films, one of the great films, *The Searchers*.
0: *Searchers* has been out on Blu-ray before. It has. Yes, it has. Why don't um, I have it? But it's it's. Uh, me, you probably haven't gone after it. But uh, it came out in a big old splashy edition. There are some. I forget, uh, Let me. The the, the ones here let that me are the look premieres. Look at this. Let me look at this. The up. ones that premieres here. Uh, Cahill, United States Marshal, has never been on Blu-ray before, and the Train Robbers have never been on Blu-ray before. Port Apache, *The Searchers*, and Rio Bravo have.
1: Oh, you're so. right. oh, you know what this is. This is the yeah. uh, you know what yeah. I don't have this. Yeah, why do I not have this?
0: I don't know. When did that's, this come that's out? That's your mistake. It really, is. your mistake, not mine.
1: Anyway, it has um, uh, so Fort Apache, last, the yeah. Searchers, Rio Bravo, the Train Robbers in Cahill, United States Marshal. Also got a bunch of a couple documentaries. Uh, one about John Ford, the other about uh, Ford and Wayne and the Searchers, narrated by John Millius, who was the perfect person to uh, narrate that documentary. Um, some uh, vintage uh, featurettes, which I always love and uh, some commentaries and trailers so there you go John Wayne westerns um, are these his five best westerns uh, you know
0: no <laughs> no I mean no. Uh, the searchers would, would probably yes. be up there for a lot of people but um, you know, no but it's, a, but it's a nice set I mean yeah. there's just so many John Wayne films someday somebody's just going to figure out how to do a gigantic John Wayne mega set with every studio cooperating but for the time being that's not happening exactly
1: so there you go what's next
0: Uh, Next, I got a bunch of stuff from uh, Kino, all part of their uh, Studio Classics line, which is primarily stuff that gets mined from the 20th Century Fox and MGM libraries, uh, all thrown onto Blu-ray, unless they are titles that they can only put out on DVD because Twilight Time has nabbed them for Blu-ray. So, that said, here's what we got on Blu-ray. The Onion Field. Oh, great movie. Fantastic, right? Yep. yep. I mean, and and, you know, the the thing, people forget that uh, Ted Danson, was, that was like his big moment. I know. That's where he suddenly so just burst on the scene uh, alongside John Savage, James Woods, Ronnie Cox. Just fantastic. Maybe the best thing that Joseph Wambaugh ever wrote and maybe the best film ever made from a Joseph Wambaugh um, uh, novel. Really just a great film. This film was just so legendary at the time and it's still so powerful. Wambaugh co-wrote the screenplay. Uh, Harold Becker directed it. Maybe the best thing Harold Becker ever did, frankly. That, that was oh, kind yeah, of absolutely. pinnacle. Uh, also, Brian Brown in FX, uh, co-starring Brian Dennehy. This, this, I think, is the movie that uh, inspired, in many respects, MacGyver. Would you agree? MacGyver. Would oh, you agree totally. On? Kidding me? Yeah. It's about a special effects guy played by Brian Brown who would kind of come on the scene primarily because he married uh, Rachel... Uh,
1: Rachel Ward.
0: Rachel Ward, and uh, they appeared together. It was cool. It was, a, it was a cool movie. I mean, it, it doesn't it date sequel. terribly well, but it, it's a cool movie, and he's a special effects it really guy. really doesn't,
1: because like there's like this scene where like he, like he there's like a, some animatronic bear yeah. or something, and he it's a, to... it's
0: a It's an okay transfer. It's not great or anything. And they've got an interview with uh, Robert Mandel who directed it along with the trailer. That's all they have for extras, but it's uh, it's fine. It's a nice little kind of... Throwback uh, late to mid '80s movie, a uh, special effects guy played by Brown who uh, you know de- deploys his uh, special effects prowess to help the Justice Department. Um, the Boys in the Band, totally uh, forgotten Friedkin film, frankly that uh, is really worth rediscovering. Um, this is based on an off-Broadway play. And it uh, was one of the very first films that dealt, very frankly, with uh, openly gay men. This is 1970. Uh, pretty radical film for that time and uh, kind of indicative of where Friedkin was as a filmmaker at that time. I mean, this was what he was doing. He was pushing buttons. So it's just a hop and a skip to go from here to, you know, the French Connection and The Exorcist and everything else. So he was... Uh, and cruising. And cruising. So he was, he was really on the cusp. And this includes an audio commentary by Friedkin. And then uh, the uh, featurettes on uh, the on the the play and on the film, and then uh, a featurette on uh, the kind of the reunion after the fact. So, Boys in the Band really worth rediscovering. Not the best transfer, frankly. They could have done some more cleaning up, but uh, still definitely worth rediscovering. And then we got a couple of Chuck Norris movies, um, both of which, well. Let me start off by saying uh, The Hero and the Terror is the one that you can kind of forget about uh, The Hero and the Terror is, is not great Chuck Norris It's 1988, this is late stage Chuck Norris He's uh, kind of you know On fumes at this point William Tannen, not a good director uh, The whole idea here is to bring down a, uh, a serial killer It really is not Chuck At his very very best However, Eye for an Eye Is one of my all time favorite Chuck Norris films Yes, it's cheesy. Yes, when I watched it again, I could not believe that I once loved this film. I could not believe that I actually paid to see this film in theaters with my buddies and cheered Chuck on and thought that the fighting was really awesome. But as bad as the writing is, as bad as the directing is, as terrible as the action is staged, Christopher Lee is an awesome bad guy and Professor Tanaka wearing his platform shoes rules. Professor Tanaka, if you don't know, is that great, big, huge, like, sumo wrestler-looking guy who shows up in a lot of movies from the 1970s and 80s. And uh, Professor Tanaka, in this movie from 1981, is awesome. He's hilarious, and he has one of my all-time favorite lines in any movie ever, which goes like this, and this doesn't give anything away. He goes, (laughs) Your woman was very good. It's a wonderful line reading. That's all oh, okay. I can say. And then uh, lastly from the uh Kino line there is the Land That Time Forgot which is a perfect cheese ball movie to watch when a Jurassic World comes out because it's it's just ridiculous and completely silly. And there's it, from 1974 it, it it's so silly. You can't believe somebody people actually paid money to see this thing at the time. It is absolutely obnoxious and beyond ridiculous. Um, And then uh, lastly, just strictly on DVD, because they don't have the Blu-ray rights to it, Inherit the Wind, Spencer Tracy, Frederick March, and Gene Kelly. All-time classic. All-time classic. And then also Judgment at Nuremberg, another all-time classic. classic. But they only have the DVD rights because Twilight Time has the Blu-rays.
1: Yes, Judgment at Nuremberg, by the way, starring William Shatner. (laughs) Yep. More than anybody, mm. William Shatner. Right. Uh, she Devil was uh, Roseanne's uh, movie debut. This oh, your is best friend, you love her. Yes, you uh... saw her
0: every day for half your life.
1: <laughs> no, not half my life, two years. No, oh. uh, not every day, but, but, it, but it, most felt, days. it felt like every day for half yeah, your really life. It did. Gotta be honest <laughs> with you. Anyway, Roseanne plays a uh, she's a wife, much put upon wife. She's married to Ed Begley Jr. Back when Ed Begley Jr. wasn't oh, like Mister, you know, like my car runs on canola oil you guy. <laughs> I saw him.
0: I saw him at a restaurant about a month ago. It's just just over here Okay Just over here What? The the, the Lebanese place You saw him at Carnival? I saw him at Carnival I was was waiting I was waiting for uh, Waiting for the takeout And I'm just waiting for them To put the dinner together And Bagley and his wife Walk on in And strike up a conversation With like five other people Who are just sitting there Waiting for a table I wonder if he lives in the area Yeah he must but he, it was amazing. He just, he didn't walk in and go. Oh, I'm a movie star walk he, out. No. He's Ed Begley he just, Jr. I mean, he just started talking to over. everybody. He started talking to everybody. He was just like the most outgoing, gregarious guy in the world. Hi, how you doing? Happy to be here.
1: Okay. Anyway, um, so- Ed Begley Jr. plays uh, Roseanne's wife, and he cheats on her, so she decides to make uh, make his life miserable. And also, the woman that uh, he cheated with, which is played by Meryl Streep. Uh, she devils fun stuff. Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr make a good team because Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep, and Roseanne Barr is the opposite of Meryl Streep. One of them is is, is one of the great actors of of, of, the, of the 20th century and the 21st century, and the other is Roseanne Barr. So they make a good they they they, they make a good uh, good team. It's a fun little movie. Uh, Malice is a uh, you know what? It, it, during the uh, like late 80s and early 90s, there was all sorts of these thrillers going on with like you know single white female and malice was another one and fatal attraction and they just crank these things out this one is one of the lesser ones although it's really not that bad it's a little weird though it's um, stars um, Alec Baldwin plays a surgeon who decides he's going to rent a room in a Victorian house owned by an old school classmate played by Bill Pullman and his wife played by Nicole Kidman so what happens when these three people get into a, get into a house together all sorts of crazy thriller stuff it's a good cast, though. It's got uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. Uh, B.B. Newworth, Newworth is in it from Cheers. Peter Gallagher. And uh, it was shot by Gordon Willis, of course. So it looks great. Uh, directed by Harold Becker, who we talked about a few minutes ago. So uh, there you go. Malice is a cool little thriller from the mid-'90s, back in the day when they cranked these things out like like popcorn.
0: Fantastic. Uh, got a couple of special editions here that I am very happy about. One is Apollo 13, 20th anniversary edition. Uh, all new, restored I don't know what needed to be restored But they're calling it restored uh, And it looks gorgeous on Blu-ray uh, It also includes Ultraviolet This is, as I said at the time Probably as good as a movie can be Where you know the outcome There's no mystery to it There's very little suspense to it But this thing got a gob of Oscar nominations And it's just really well made And Tom Hanks is great And and you know everybody's great The whole thing, it just it's, it just hums It's a beautifully made movie Um, it just isn't, you know, and it's got Ed Harris, right? You know, a little connective tissue there to the right stuff. Um, it's just, you know, exactly what's going to happen. Lots of amazing extras on here. Mm Uh, everything most, mostly to do with all the historical stuff. You got two commentaries, one with, uh, Jim and Marilyn Lavelle, and the other with Ron Howard. It's pretty great. So uh, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't come any better than that. There's also a conversation with Brian Grazer and Ron Howard, uh, you know, the 20 years later thing. It, that I don't know that is all that instrumental. Ron Howard is always great in conversation. Brian Grazer, you know, he's got the spiky hair and the, and the, and the whole deal, and he's Brian Grazer. Uh, 1776, director's cut. I don't know how many people are eager for this, but I have been, because I absolutely love 1776. The whole idea of setting the, the founding of America to a musical uh, struck a lot of people at the time as being possibly weird, but it was, you know what, this was a Broadway hit, and it's a really cool movie. And, uh, you know, the guy who directed it, not known for anything fantastic other than this movie, Peter H. Hunt. But uh, really, honestly, it's a fun movie, and the songs are great, and William Daniels is just, has never been better. Blythe Danner pops in here, and you go, Blythe Danner? Uh, Ken Howard shows up, and you go, Ken Howard? Uh, it, honestly, most people don't even know this movie exists. Check it out. It's fantastic. This is the director's cut, and it's it includes uh, ultraviolet, so you can take it on the road and show it to anybody that you want and just make them gasp at, at not knowing that they've ever heard of it Realizing they've never heard of this movie well, 1776 The fabulous Broadway musical uh, Made into a film The director's cut There it is
1: Oh wait We have uh, a Blu-ray That contains two from uh, Mickey Rourke One is uh, The Pope of Greenwich Village I love that course, movie The great film exactly. I love that movie Exactly. They got, They took my thumbs. Oh my They gosh. took my thumbs. Bert Young's in this. And then Desperate Hours, which was uh, Michael Cimino's uh, second-to-last uh, turn at the bat. Man. He did this. Then he, then he did well, Year of the Dragon a few years yeah. later. And then now he's just a freak.
0: <laughs> but, you know, but you realize he, he does interviews now. And people are like, are you transitioning? He's like, what's wrong with you? Why, why would you think that? Because of how you're... Never mind. He looks nuts, man. He just looks <laughs> nuts. It's, it's the funniest thing. That's a question he gets all the time.
1: Because he's nuts. <laughs> he's out of his mind. I, I, I can't remember the conversation anymore. I said it on the show, but I remember I was, I was sitting at a Starbucks. I love
0: women. I'm not. What's, what makes he you does. say that? I was sitting, like, because you, you, you've looked at. Uh, never mind. I was
1: sitting at a door. Starbucks on Larchmont. And I wound up talking to this guy who used to hang out with Michael Cimino. And he had some great stories because yeah. Chimino's just nuts. He's, uh, he's 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 gay. He's not gay. He's transitioning. He's not. He's out of his mind. He's, he's crazy. Chiminos just. It's too bad too. Anyway, the last unicorn is a. Uh, this, this should be on Blu-ray, but it's not. Last unicorn is kind of an overlooked uh, animated film from 1982. No, that, which is, with, uh, that is it is on Blu-ray. Oh, it is on Blu-ray. It is on Blu-ray. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Mia Farrow, Angela Lansbury. And, uh, you know... I remember I, this when it came out. No, you I, know what? I, I went to see this. What I liked about this movie is that even though it's The Last Unicorn, it's got some pretty intense moments, man. It's like, you know, fairy tales are intense and violent. And this one doesn't really... Sh- I mean, it's not R-rated, yeah. but it doesn't really shy away from that. So, yet it still has a lot of mystery and sweetness to it. It's, pretty, it's, it's underrated, um, but I do like it. The Last Unicorn, I do remember it. Uh, the animation style, not my favorite personally, but um, still, it's good stuff. Overworked.
0: Four from Olive. I watched every single solitary second of all four of these, and um, I, can, I can't watch them enough. I love these movies. I love them passionately. I am thrilled that Olive got these and that they snatched them over from MGM because MGM was never going to do anything with these. Tell me if these titles mean anything to you, Mark. Hammer, Coffee, Friday Foster, and Foxy Brown.
1: Well, Coffee and Foxy Brown.
0: Of course. It's all exploitation. Uh, yes. Did Fred produce some of these? I think
1: No Well Fred didn't produce coffee he
0: I think wishes f- Fred produced some of these I can't remember I
1: saw I actually You know I saw him
0: Yeah was,
1: I saw Fred at a funeral A couple weeks ago And uh, Fred Weintraub By the way Is an old uh, friend I've known the family Since high school And Fred Weintraub Produced Enter the Dragon Yeah As well as High Road to China And Tom Horn With Steve McQueen And,
0: and The Big Brawl With Jackie yeah, the Big Chan. Brawl
1: um, Yeah he he's, like, it's, it's very sad yeah. Uh, Fred looks terrible he's, in, he's frail He's in a wheelchair That's nah, terrible It's like And Fred was such a he, He's such a big man He's such a big a lar- presence Larger than life guy Large and large man Larger than yeah. life man And to see him brought down by age Is just really sad
0: Well he produced a lot of Cool black exploitation stuff At the time uh, None of these I guess But uh, I love You know he, Look first of all Fred Williamson earned The nickname The Hammer Based on the movie Hammer Um, And uh, you know These are all Blaxploitation era films The the three here Obviously that stand out Apart from Hammer Are Friday Foster uh, Coffee And Foxy Brown uh, Because Pam Greer Is just amazing And uh, Pam Greer was like One of the first Maybe the first American female action star, and she and she did it as a black woman at a time when you know these were films were kind of marginalized and really only distributed in uh, in black communities. So um, Pam Greer just totally she just kills it in these movies. She's wonderful. Uh, they they really hold up. They're a little bit stylistically uh, well, more than a little bit. They're still very much of the '70s, but you're, it's not objectionable. You just feel like you're taking a trip back in time, and uh, it's it's great. She just she wields a gun, and she's just got the style and the afro and the and the hair and the whole thing. It's just she's fantastic. So uh, I can't I can't recommend these enough. Friday Foster also stars Gaffet Cotto, who just is one of my all time favorites. Coffee. Foxy Brown, they're the best. And then from uh, the sublime to the intentionally ridiculous, uh, Tom and Jerry, the Gene Dietch collection. Uh, this is, you know, Tom and Jerry went through a lot of different uh, incarnations over the years. And uh, they, every animator who ever touched this put his uh, completely unique spin on it. And Gene Dietz did uh, a number of these, and they have remastered all of them. And they're wonderful. I don't, for the life of me, know why they didn't do this on Blu-ray, but uh, they're absolutely wonderful to have. So I would get them at least now until they figure out that they there's a Blu-ray market for them. Uh, the uh, the shorts included here are uh, Switch and Kitten, uh, Down and Outing. It's a Greek meow. Uh, high stakes. S-T-E-A-K-S. Mouse, in, ma- Mouse into space. Landing stripling. Uh, Calypso Cat Dicky Moe are you
1: really reading every single of the title
0: okay fine I'm. who won't do
1: knows it. what the titles are because
0: some people really know these things
1: no they don't know these
0: things anyway Tom and Jerry the uh, newly remastered Gene Deitch collection fantastic good stuff
1: uh, wait, on Blu-ray, we have uh, The Golden Year, five classics from 1939. This is from the good folks at uh, Warner Brothers, which means that it's really only the movies that they have the rights to. Um, <laughs> now, that's not to say, by the way, as you know, 1939 is considered, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's considered like the best year ever for in the history of film. Yeah, it was, now, it was amazing. It was
0: it, it amazing. Was I mean, the, 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 the 30th best movie that year is better than... Like almost any other movie ever made.
1: Now, uh, Warner Brothers packages five of these together. It's, it's almost interesting to it's, – it's, it's a more interesting exercise to discuss what is not on this. Uh, but it does have uh, Dark Victory, Betty Davis, uh, Dodge City, Gone with the Wind, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Ninochka. Of course, it does not have, oh, let's say The Wizard of Oz or Stagecoach or Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, uh, Wuthering Heights. But still, you know, it's uh, five good movies. I mean, yeah. You, yeah, I mean, look, Dark Victory's great. great. Um, Gone with the Wind, of course. The great. Greta Garbo. Come on, folks. Greta Garbo in a comedy. Got to love that. Um, Dodge City, probably the least of the bunch. You know, Flyn. Flynn. Um, and then Hunchback, which is great. So there you go. It's, it's, it's really not a bad collection.
0: Uh, and finally, we're going to wrap things out with a... Uh with some DVD, um, M.O.D., some, manu- some manufacture on demand DVD-R titles, but starting with a Blu-ray, another Blu-ray from the uh, Warner Archive collection, uh, and then I'll get into the rest of the uh, DVD-R stuff from the Warner Archive collection. But this one is such a cool little weird time capsule gem. Thank your lucky stars. Um, as as ever, If you know anything about Hollywood during World War II, there were a lot of these kinds of... Um, potpourri things where they, where various studios would just dig up a bunch of stars that they had under contract and they do kind of a, you know, not a, not like a, a, an overtly war bond money raising endeavor, but it was, it was sort of like, here's, you know, it was, it was showing off your talent, right? It was, uh, sometimes they were things that were specifically for, you know, raising money for war bonds or whatever, but most of the time it was just like, hey, here's, you know, here's who we are, we're Warner Brothers and we have these people under contract and this is our brand. And uh, Thank Your Lucky Stars has just about everybody that Warner Brothers had under contract at the time. It's unbelievable. Humphrey Bogart, Eddie Cantor, Betty Davis, Olivia de Havilland, Errol Flynn, John Garfield, Joan Leslie, Ida Lupino, Dennis Morgan, Ann Sheridan, Dinah Shore, and Alexa Smith. That's amazing. Uh, And then you even have people who show up Who are not necessarily under contract But who are just sort of, you know, along for the ride Spike Jones and the City Slickers perform in the movie Uh, Alan Hale, father of the Skipper You know, Alan Hale who played uh, Little John In the original uh, Adventures of uh, Robin Hood uh, Shows up here I mean, it's just amazing Tons of musical numbers, lots of fun. The story, don't worry about it. It's just kind of a backstage musical thing. Uh, there's nothing much here, but it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun. And uh, it's just amazing the people that show up in this thing. So uh, this is just fantastic. It's a, it's a real cool time capsule. Uh, then you also have from the regular Warner Archive Collection a few things here that are interesting in themselves as well. The uh, Rowan and Martin, at, around the time that they were right – like right after they did, they did uh, Laugh-In, they actually tried to make a transition to movies and did this weird kind of uh, like a spoof of the Maltese Falcon called the Maltese Bippy. And bippy, of course, is a word that showed up on laugh in. So it was a word that had a certain uh, pop culture vernacular at the time. But uh, y- you know what? Uh, they went and got a good director, Norman Panama, who did tons of you know uh, Jerry Lewis and other cool comedies at the time. And uh, it's a little bit dated and a little bit uh, you know doesn't you know you don't quite get some of the references. But Julie Newmar and a lot of other great people show up. And then uh, we also have The Secret Partner with Stuart Granger and uh, Haya Harareet, which is a uh, – who was in Ben-Hur. Remember, she was the sister in Ben-Hur. Uh, that's, that's a kind of a cool murder mystery thing. And then uh, Guilty by Suspicion with Robert De Niro, which was directed by Erwin Winkler after he transitioned to directing. Uh, This is a not great but still interesting uh, drama set during the uh, Blacklist era. Could have been better, but it's fair enough. And then I Can't Possibly Say Anything Bad About Her Alibi with Tom uh, Selleck and uh, Paulina Poritzkova. Because uh, a good friend of mine wrote this And I just think I think this is a really fun And incredibly underrated uh, film from the era This was uh, Tom Hanks Trying to sort of keep his uh, feature career Moving in the right direction Directed by Bruce Beresford Of course one of the only, uh, to date the only guy Who uh, directed the best picture Without even being nominated And um, I think it's really cool so my good friend Charlie Peters wrote it. Charlie also recently wrote uh, the uh, Morgan Freeman Diane Keaton thing, uh, Star Wars. Five fours up. And uh, he is a veteran writer, and he's a really sharp guy. So uh, big shout out to him. And uh, you know, it's a wonder. This is a wonderful little kind of comedy mystery romance. Tom Tom Selleck, Paulina Portskova. She was all the rage. Remember, she was doing all the bikini stuff, all the bathing suit stuff on Sports Illustrated at the time. She was a big. She deal She was delicious. She was a big deal, right?
1: It was a big deal, Then she? Married the guy from the Cars.
0: Oh, oh she did, didn't she? Rick Rico Ocasek. Yes. She did. I totally forgot about that. I bet they have kids who are, like, graduating from college this year now. Exactly. Holy cow. All right, be Wade, what are we doing? We're done. That's it. We're off. What? We're done. So we will be back next week and uh, because Mark is uh, is going to be on vacation. It's going to be a little bit of a late show next week, but uh, we'll, we'll – we'll
1: I'm en- going to Memphis. I've never been to Memphis Enjoy before. Enjoy
0: your vacation. Thank and you we'll, very much. We'll knock a show out when you're back. You know it. All right, man. Bye.
1: Bye.